tonight upon our hearts and, and upon your word that comes into our heart. We ask that you minister to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, uh, I would like to share with you about uh, identifying with Christ. That's the title in all respect. Uh, for me, as a believer, uh, sharing with uh, Pastor Al back there, there were a lot of things that I didn't understand and still don't understand. And I'm always searching, trying to find ways uh, from the Word of God, something that will help my life. Uh, yes, I'm a pastor, but I'm still, I'm first a believer. Amen? And that's my number one <laughs> life. Yes, I'm a, I'm a believer, and I'm trying to live a life for God, and I'm trying to do what is right. Uh, you don't see no label, and if I have wear any label, he'll be <laughs> a Christian, a believer. So we're always looking for, I'm always looking for things from the scriptures that I know is helpful to me in my life. And then something I can share with my brother and my sister, you my brothers and my sisters, that will help us in our life. Now what I believe is God gives revelation. He gives us the word. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. There are a lot of things I don't understand. There are a lot of things that I'll never understand on this side of heaven. I cannot figure them out. But they say the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Whatever God reveals to you from the word is yours. You can keep it forever. Whatever you can glean from the word of God. And that's why we study the scriptures. I said on Sunday, it's not the fact that you don't have faith. Faith is not the issue. Love for God is not the issue. Paul said, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love towards the saints, that's the commandment. He said, I never cease to pray for you that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So the key thing is not faith now. It's not your love. That's good. We need to have those. That's the foundation. But to really do work for God, you need revelation knowledge from the word of God. That's the only way to progress. Because we are in a fight. And it's a serious fight. And it's from the day you got born again till the day you leave this earth. It's a it's constant battle. And the enemy is always looking for that part of you where you're struggling. And he's going to come after that part until you learn from the word of God to strengthen that part where you're struggling. Regardless of where, what that is and where that is in your life. So I, I, I will have to search the word of God to find something that's going to help me grow and make life as a Christian. Or make the battle a little easier to win. We always win. Amen? We always win. I want to find something from the Word of God that is going to help me win this battle. And it's been a long battle for me. It's been really, been really tough. Uh, because I had to learn through most of the time through suffering. Going through what I'm going through to say, okay, God, what is really going on here? But what I want to share with you today, my understanding is this. Based on the scriptures, the real victory with Christ is identification with everything that he's done for us. I think that if we understand how to identify with him, 
with what he's done for us, then we will truly have victory. You know, I never, I never understood uh, initially how, why Paul, not in the early days of his Christian work, but much later, he was crying out in his spirit, I want to know him. You remember that? I want to know him. Not only that, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. You remember that? Yeah, I want to know him. I want to identify with him. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. All of this, he's identifying with the master. So I'm beginning to see that if you are going to have victory in any area of your Christian walk, and in any area of life, you have to identify with Christ in that area, and from it, draw your victory. You just have to do that. The first area is the area of sin, victory over sin, victory over addictions, victory over attitudes that you hate in your life, that you want to be free from, and you feel very helpless because he keeps coming back at you and you keep failing. How do I overcome this? Yes, I'm a believer. Yes, I know Jesus. What is more to do? I already know him. I've already received him. How come I'm still struggling? If Christ is truly living in me, I hate this attitude, I hate this way, well, how come? These are the things that we deal with, every one of us, but how do I overcome? And I believe the main thing is identifying with Christ and refusing to let. Identifying with the Word. What the Word says we should identify with, with regards to Christ. And stay there for your victory. The reason that is, why why I believe that is, Jesus himself, to free us, he had to identify with us. Totally. All the way to, to the very end. He had to fully identify with us. If he was going to do any good to, for us, he has to completely identify, become one with us in every respect. Nothing out. That's why I believe identifying with him is what's going to bring us what he had. Amen? So, one thing we want to discuss first, we want to talk about who he was before the new creation. There is what the Bible refers to as the new creation. That's for us. But who was Jesus before the new creation? We need to know who he was, how he identified with us, how far he went with us. And how the Bible is saying we now need to identify with him in what he went through so that we can have our victory and be just like him. Amen? So we want to know who he was. The Bible tells us he was before all things. All things were made through him. He made all things. They were made by him and for him. He was the Spirit. He was the Word. He was God. Jesus had nobody, no physical body before He came. 
He was, he was God. He was the most holy one. There's one God. That Jesus. He was God. God the son. When he took on flesh. He was God. He was the one they saw in the Old Testament. He's the one, he was the one that spoke in the Old Testament. He was Jehovah. He was all. He was pure. Holy. Had no flesh. He was spirit. You couldn't really see him. He was all of that. He was the ever living one. Could never taste of death. Couldn't die. Impossible to die. He, he, for him to die. That was who he was. It's something that I found in the scriptures that really helps me understand Jesus has always been the same person with regards to us. It's an amazing thing. Just to know how much he loved us from the very beginning. How much we were to him the best of all his creation. That was the summit of everything he had made in the whole universe. Everything you see cannot be compared to how much he put into this you and I. The best of his creation. There was nothing else in the whole creation that mattered to him when he created than us. Nothing. And the Bible tells us that. And, and then that's, that's, so, that's so special because then it helps you understand, yes, sin. But he's taking that away. We are very special to him. He was all of that so big compared. I mean, look at the whole universe. He is much bigger than that. Everything that you see. He is so huge. And yet, there is nothing exciting in the whole of creation. And everything that we see we are excited about. There was only one thing that really got his attention in the whole creation. The best of his creation. Man. If you read in Proverbs chapter 8, in the middle of the scripture, Levi is talking about Jesus and Jesus actually speaking in the Old Testament before he became flesh, before he became one of us. Uh, before I read, but this is just to know that right now in the Godhead, before Jesus came, there was no one in the Godhead that had flesh. Now in the Godhead is seated a man. And that's an incredible thing. It's no greater honor for our kind in the whole universe than to have that. A man seated. He is the Lord of the universe. And yet, according to his own words, he was a man. Amen? That tells me how special I am to be a man. Amen? And one who knows him. 
and one who is connected to him. That makes me special. He says, I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning before there was ever an earth. Why not before there was ever Pluto? The earth is his focus. It says, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the found, that 28 fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters will not transgress his command. Well, I like to stop there. Think about global warming, you know, about that. You're talking about uh, water covering the whole earth. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Not if this was true. He, he is so that the waters will not transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman. That's Jesus speaking. He was a master workman. He crafted all things. But, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his habited world. That's where people, creatures, are, and my delight was with the sons of men. If all his creation, even though he rejoiced in the presence of his father and all of it, but his main delight of, in all of the creation, he rejoiced in the habitable part. This was great, the earth is great, but he, what really gave him joy was mankind. Just love you and I. And today, it's even more so for those who believe in him. He loves all humans. But if you are a believer, it's even greater. You are that special to him. And I, that helps me in my life. In Psalm 16, verse 3, it says, As for the saints, that's you and I, who are on the earth. Are you on the earth? As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones. Amen? Can you say that? I am the excellent one? Oh, I don't care how you feel about yourself. The Lord says you are the excellent one. Amen? I like that. I am the excellent one. When God says you are, you are. They are the excellent ones in whom is not some all my delight. For the believer, you are all, not some of it, all, no matter what's going on in your life, whether you like what you're doing or whatever, if you are a believer, you become a saint, you are all his delight. Not some of it, you're all, you're it. I am it. The enemy cannot harass me. Amen? I am his delight. All of it. I, when I walk on the earth, when you walk on the earth, there are angels that have been set aside to take care of you. You are the ones that he's concerned about in this, on this earth. You are all of his delight. And if he gathers on millions of angels, billions of them, Oh, he can spare some for you. Amen. They are all around us to take care of us. We are his delight. 
And in my mind, that's why I believe Jesus came. Because when man sinned, there was a major separation between. And I felt, I believe that on that day, I know he he has everlasting joy. But that wasn't a good day for God. In the whole of creation. When he was separated from the thing, the main thing that brought him joy in all of his creation. And I believe he felt, I got to have them back. Amen? That's you and I. That's, that's good for my spirit. I know I'm not speaking to your flesh. I'm speaking to your spirit tonight. Amen? I'm not speaking to your flesh. I want my spirit to understand this. So I know who I am on the earth. And I have no fear of my future. Not here or hereafter. It's wonderful. It's fear. And sleep worried. I am in a relationship. You are in a relationship with him. Not because you pray. Amen. Or because you read your Bible every day. You are his child. He didn't say you are, oh, you are the excellent ones because you read your Bible every day. And I'm not knocking down reading your Bible every day and praying every day. Amen. That's not the point. That's religion. You can read your Bible to know more of this one that delights in you every day. That's your business. So you can get to know him and operate better. But sometimes people make a religion out of that. And they feel good because they're doing something. That's not what it's all about. He paid the price, total price. That's religion. Read your Bible. I read my Bible. I get something out of it that makes me want to shout. And really makes me love him. Just like we're sharing tonight. But that's not why I am his child. That's not why I'm his delight. Just because I'm human. That's why. Amen. I am human. I'm human. You are human. Never forget that. You're human. Amen. That's a that's pretty good thing to remember. <laughs> but he loves us humans more than the angels. Amen. Much more than the angels. He didn't say the angels was you know the he created. They were his delight in the whole creation. No, just us. I pray that God will give you and I much understanding of who we are. And the love for him and what he has made us will destroy sin in our lives. You're not attracted to that anymore. You're living for something much bigger than that kind of nonsense. Amen? It's not in your thought. It's not in your thinking. That's That's a nuisance for you to be involved. You understand what I'm saying? You got much bigger things to deal with than this feel stupid stuff. You understand what I'm saying? You're facing your God and, and the delight that he has for you. And you want to connect, identify with that delight. Amen? So that your life is transformed. And then you become a light of the world. And people can receive life and light and heat and strength and life from your life. Because he's working through you. We are the excellent ones. Why? He is the vine. And what? He are the branches. We are. 
Not because you read your Bible, and I don't have anything against reading your Bible. That's great. I hear people tell me all the time, I read from Genesis to Revelation. Oh yeah, but you are as flaky as they come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real angry and act up and all of that kind of stuff and you're reading your Bible all the time. It's much more than reading the Bible. It's a lot more than that. It's more that, that we gain revelation of who He is, what He's done for us, and how to lock into it so you have no fear of life because life is good. He brought abundant life. I just, you know, I was listening to uh, T.L. Osborne. I've been listening to him because he came to Houston and preached. And uh, they gave me his tips. I was listening to his tips. He said he was talking to a bunch of preachers and he's well known all over the world. He's probably, probably in his 90s now. I don't know. He's really old. And uh, he says all his ministers kept throwing questions at him. They wanted to have this knowledge. He finally told them, hey, 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 hold it, preachers. He said, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot more than you guys. You're asking me as if I'm it. I don't know much more than you guys know. He said, but what I know, the little I know, I believe with all my heart. And that's what's important. What you know, just that little thing that you know about him. Hold it on, hold on to it with all your life, and you don't have to do all of it. But what you know, you're redeemed, amen. You are the excellent one, uh, ones on the earth, amen. You know, you are surrounded with favor as a shield. You hold on to that. He knows Jesus is walking through him and will heal because Jesus lives with him. His address is his home. That's my home. He's your home, right? He's walking through me so I can heal the sick. I don't have to be a healing minister. He lives in me. The healer will heal them because he lives in me. What I know, he said, I hold on to very strongly. I believe with all my heart. But I know I, according to him, and I, I, I used to say he didn't ask your opinion, okay? He said you are the excellent ones. Amen? Amen? You are the excellent ones on the earth. When you accept that, you honor him. Do you know what I mean? When you accept what he said about you, regardless of what you feel about yourself, you honor him. Now, when you refuse to accept that, and you want to go by what you know and how you feel, you dishonor him. Because he is the word. He was before all things. And he's the word that transforms our lives. And I believe we are spiritual people. When you, are, when you get born again, there is a part of you that is God. If you read the scriptures, there is a part of you that is God. There is a part of your life that is God. If you have received the Holy Spirit, He lives in you, right? If, if you can speak in tongues, you can speak in tongues. If I do this, hey, hey, wake up, let's speak in tongues. You begin to speak. Where do you think that was com- that's coming from? Is it not God? That's the Holy Spirit. You go to bed with God, with you in your heart. You wake up with God. That makes you different. We don't think of this type of things. We don't even meditate on it. We don't. We are just in the natural. And it's good. 
Like I said, it's a good thing to remember you are in the natural. But because he lives with me, I have no reason to be afraid of anything on the earth. No reason to be afraid. There is really no reason. Everything that's around my life is working for my good. That's what it is. That's the truth. Not religion. Not preacher talk. This is the truth. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You guys are really quiet. (laughs) The truth is, Jesus, because of his great love, came down and identified with us. That's a huge drop for God to take on flesh. Hmm? That's pretty rough. He took on our own nature. If you want to think in a kind of way, he had times when he had to go to the bathroom. Right? That was God. Walking to the bathroom and coming out of the bathroom. He was just a man. We forget. He totally identified with us. That makes us special. That was God. God, the very God himself. He started just like every one of us, a baby. Helpless. Huh? Had to depend on another human. Why? For me. For me. Or that makes me something. Why would God do that for me? If there was nothing, I mean, that doesn't, I don't have to build myself up and put a, you know, some big crown I am Jesus came for me, you know. But for us to, you know, out of gratitude and humility, accept what he came to do for us, huh? And appreciate it. That's the only way the power is going to be released into our lives. When we truly appreciate it and understand it, then we will really be grateful and we'll be careful to hold on to this thing as a precious, precious gift from the Father. He identified with us. Had to go through all of the difficulties. Walking from place to place. If you read in John chapter 4, he said Jesus was wearied from his journey, right? God was tired. Huh? And then sat down waiting for food to eat. Oh, that's pretty... That's very tough. But that was him saying, I want to be just like them. I want to I I experience what, they, what they're going through. Many times we think to ourselves that Jesus was using his, 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 God, his power, God, and doing things. He wasn't. He wasn't. If he was, he wouldn't be tired. If it was, he, he wouldn't be sorrowful. He said it. My soul is sorrowful even unto death. Remember? If he was using it, why was he praying? Why was he in agony? What would he be afraid of? What would he be anxious about? He did all, all of that. He went through everything that we've gone through on this. And in a big way, he he identified with us. Totally. 
to the point of even becoming, if you will have it, a sinner. Huh? <laughs> Meaning, taking on our sin, right? He went all the way. He never held back. He went the whole gamut. Everything that you've experienced. The Bible says he was tempted in how many ways? Oh, everywhere. He got every temptation that you've ever gone through. He went through them. Just He resisted. Why? For us. So it can be better for us. He resisted all of it. Not just for himself. So he can make life better for us. Because sin was an evil thing. And could cause us a lot of damage. So he identified with us. He even went even further than what we've ever gone through. The Bible says he became sin himself. If you read in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, it says, Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren. I like that. I mean, I don't know about you. <laughs> But to be called the brother of Jesus, that's wonderful. Amen? I must look like him. Amen? <laughs> At least I have some part of me that looks like him. I, must, I mean, look at the uh, brother of the president. Uh, you remember the, his brother? I don't know what they call him. He, he's writing books now, right? And people would buy his book. Right? If he had written a book... Uh, five years ago, nobody would buy it, you know? Amen? But now, he's coming out, I'm the president's brother. And everybody, tell us. What do you know about your brother? How did you all grow up? What was your mother was like? Tell us, tell us. And they write, and they put, putting it all around the world. Amen? Well, I got this great brother. You want to know about him? I'll tell you. <laughs> Amen? I got this great brother. He is not ashamed to be identified with us. You know, the president, when he went to see his brother, he, he, he did it in secret, right? And Jesus comes to us openly. He says, therefore, in all things, how many things? All things he had to be made like his brethren, just like me. He identified with us. And if we want to be like him, we need to identify with him in all things. To help us out, he had to be one of us. He had to be made like his brethren in all things, in all respect. That he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. He went through everything. And so the only way we can be like him is to begin to identify with him just as he did for us. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are a new creation. He actually rose from the dead. He's seated at the Father's right hand. And you know, the way God sees it, that's what I'm going now. The way God sees it, we were with him all along. 
And Paul says, I want you to reckon that. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. I didn't see Paul with, uh, with Jesus on the cross. If you tell the Roman soldier that, that was involved in the crucifixion that Paul was hanging with Jesus, he'll tell you, you're nuts. But Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. He believed he was buried with Christ. And the Bible says we were raised together with him. Why do you think God says that to us? I can't remember ever being with Jesus in his crucifixion or in his burial. But God is saying, if you want victory, identify with that. You have to identify with that. That's what Paul sought to do. He wanted to be identified with that. I want that fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him. That's the way I get to be like him. The way he is today. After his resurrection. I want to be like him. Now he doesn't have to go through death. He can never be sick. He went through all of that. He took our sickness. You remember that? He suffered it. The Bible says he took our infirmities and he carried our diseases. He went all the way. He went all the way. Now we identify with him. After his resurrection, we cannot go through those things that we went through with him. They are behind him. And if we identify with who he is today, we can't go through the same thing. Because we went through them with him. They are all behind us. But if we identify with our past before we met him, then we suffer the things of the past. Amen? That's why the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. That's what I believe the Lord is revealing to me and that's what I'm sharing with you. For our future. Amen? For our future. Let me read these words. Romans chapter 6 verse 5. It's beginning from verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, so he's not telling you you are going to be. He said you were united with him, right? You were united with him in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. He's saying we were now let's unite with him in his resurrection. He can't be touched today. Amen. You can't kill him anymore. It's over. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. He wants you to know this. I'm saying this to you because I want you to know that old man, that sinful man, that depraved man, that man was dead. He died with Christ. That's what he's saying. This is the way to gain victory. Don't go resurrect the old man. He died with Christ and wasn't raised with Christ. You were raised with Christ, a new man. But the old man was left behind. But us Christians will always like to go back to get the old man from the grave. And give him life. That's our past. If any man be in Christ, is what? He's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become. How many things have become new? All things have become new. Do we really believe that? That's the issue here. Many Christians want to go with feelings. And they're running back and forth waiting for some kind of feelings and torch and all of that. You don't want to go through life doing that. That's too uncertain. 
trying to get some feeling that will be gone tomorrow. You don't know who you are in Christ. I don't have to go through no feeling. I know who I am. You don't have to be afraid of anything. I know who is with me. He is bigger. You know who is with you. He is bigger than the whole universe. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I know that. I need to know that by revelation. He's greater. What's in the world? All of the pain, the sickness, and all of that stuff that's in the world. It's not hard to tell. Because like Jim Hersey said, many times we equate what's going on in our life with what's happening with other people. And we say, well, he, that brother so and so. and so. You have to stop doing that. And just focus on what you get from the word of God. We are in a race. Everyone is running on his own. Amen? Yes, we're together, but everyone, we're not running a group race. Everyone is running on his own. When we are rewarded in heaven, it's not you and somebody else is going to be you and you alone with the Lord, right? I got to run my race. What God is revealing to you might be different from what he's revealing to me. And if you hear, maybe he wants you to hear some of the things that he's revealing to me so that you can draw from that and grow bigger. But we're all different. We are all in a race. But we do this a lot. Wondering what's happening in that person's life. Yes, you can want that. And God can take you some other direction in the same way, but in a different way. Different fashion. It says, it says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be done away with. Right? That we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who had died has been freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall live. I'd like to go to that scripture, Romans chapter uh, um, 6. Because I'm using the word identifying with him. uh, Please give me verse 11. Romans 6 verse 11. This is the, identif- the identification and the crucial part of this now. It says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. It doesn't say you should feel like it. That's not the issue. It's you should reckon it. Just believe that this is true. You are dead to sin. Dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're dead, just reckon. Whether you feel it or not, doesn't matter. You just identify with Christ. Yes, you died indeed. Because the old man should be done away with. It's reckoning that's going to do it for you. When you believe it and count it to be true, regardless of how you feel, it's reckoning that you are now seated with Jesus in heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter 2. We are seated with him. He's not saying we are going to be seated with him. That places us in a place of authority with the Lord. Up there in heaven. All things under our feet. No wonder. I used, it never used to make sense to me when I read Paul when he says, all things are yours. I say, sure, Paul, yeah. All things are mine. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because we are seated with him in heavenly places. All things belong to the Lord. And we are part of him. We are his body. You can't separate a man from his body. Like I said on Sunday. You can't. But we don't accept that. 
We really don't. Everything is very religious for us. You know, you can't say, put it, that's uh, Rosa's head and her body is over this way. That doesn't make sense. We are one with him. He prayed that way. And I believe that if we begin to carry ourselves and we really meditate on that and believe that with all our heart, you can step out and demonic forces will know, here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. This is the same man. It's just like the scripture we shall read. We have been given authority to use his name. You know what that means, using his name? You are standing in his place. That's what that means. You are standing in his place. It's like the president, you know, giving authority to, let's say, uh, the secretary of state. She goes and she says something in the name of the United States. Guess what? The world will accept it, right? Why? Is it because she's so powerful? No. She's in the stead of the president, right? And the president represents the United States. So if she tells you, we're going to make war with you, you know you got trouble. Because, not because she's so powerful in herself, but because of who she stands for, right? In, in, in the name of the United States, she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> and tell you things, and that will change maybe your country by what she says, right? She can just say a few words, and then billions of dollars may start showing up in your country because she said something she represents the united states of america she has the authority she has been given the right to use that authority in the same way jesus is giving us the use of his name it's like it's as if he himself he's standing there saying those things and until we recognize that we are here in his stead, we'll continue to have difficulty doing things. That's just the way it is. He says, he's depending on me and you today. He has nobody, he's, flesh, he's not coming back here. He's depending on us to reach the world, right? He's depending on us to speak to that person in the office. He's not going to talk to that person. He's not going to lay his hands on that person and heal them. He's waiting for you to do it. We are taking his place. And we have the authority of his name. You remember, and I'm not going to read that scripture. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? They were trying to call out demons from, this, from people, from a man. Because they were exorcists and they wanted to do that. And they found a new way to get it done. They knew, saw Paul doing it, and they were excited. We got a new formula. They said, we're going to use this formula. And they went to this guy and said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the fellow says, I know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Notice the demons, they didn't separate. They didn't say, the Lord Jesus. They said, Jesus. We know who Jesus is. And we know who Paul is. <laughs> but who are you? Remember that? Who are you? You don't have their DNA. Who told you you got the authority to talk to us? He said, are you talking to me? <laughs> Who are you? And he said, that man jumped on the seven of them and really whacked them good. 
they left that place wounded. But if Paul was standing there, amen. If Enos was standing there, because he has the authority of his name, he didn't have to say whom Paul preaches. He says in the name of Jesus. And he has the authority. And you stand your ground. Those demons know. They already know you carry him. Amen? Amen. You can see, but they can see the authority. And if you take your stand in his name, you identify with him. As Jesus has prayed, so that we'll be one. I need to quit. Then they recognize that. That's why I believe God is going to do great things with the Ark Fellowship. Amen? Some of us are going to be around the world casting out devils and healing the sick and doing all kinds of marvelous work. Our young people are going to be doing that all over the world. And I'm going to be so glad because everything they do, I taught them to do it. Amen? I taught them. I'm telling you, I taught them. (laughs) I'm looking forward to exciting days in the future. Amen? The Bible says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. But I know what God is showing me, I believe, is for our future. And I pray, I believe the words that I'm speaking, because based on Romans chapter 10, it says, it's the word of faith. It's in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith that we preach. So when we preach the word of faith, what I see the results right now, I know I'm going to get results. The seeds are being sown. Amen. And I can look for a harvest. And we're going to have the harvest. Amen. In your life and in my life. In my children's life. In our church. And our church is going to be all over the world. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. Let's give God praise. Mm. How glorious. If you consider that Jesus prayed and said, the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. The glory that I had with you before the foundations of the earth. He says, glorify me with that glory. And he prayed. This was his last prayer to his father before his disciples himself. The disciples were standing around as he prayed for you and he prayed for me. He prayed for his disciples that were standing around and he prayed for you and he prayed for me. That prayer has to be answered. He prayed that we be one with him. That's the way he wants it. Amen? That's the way he wants it. Not the way religion wants it. That's the way Jesus wants it. And I I want to understand that. Amen? I want to have understanding in that so that I can complete what God has given to me and what God is giving to you. Amen. Please raise your hands up to the Lord tonight. And give him thanks. Maybe you're going through a, a hard time. The enemy is coming at you in some way. Uh, by whatever means. But don't look to it. The, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Sometimes he comes to you with those that are close to you. Sometimes he comes with those that are far. It doesn't matter. It's not the people. We are in the world. And we don't fight against flesh and blood. We are fighting against principalities and powers. But all things belong to us. Jesus is giving. And all things are working together for your good. You need to know that. So you have a good attitude. Everything 
is working for your good. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for Jesus. He emptied himself for us. He emptied everything he brought from heaven. He left all the glory with us here on earth. That we might enjoy our God. And have that abundant life. That everlasting life. That eternal life. That he brought from heaven. Help us to taste of, taste of all of it. Before we depart from this earth. To be with you forever. We believe that our future is great. We believe that the children, uh, the children, our children's future is very great. We believe that they will do exploits in Jesus' name. We believe that great things will happen to our families, that our families will be united, healed. Lord, that you will open our eyes in such special ways, Lord God, to do exploits on the earth. We thank you, God, for the peace that passes understanding, that you are raining down on the Ark Fellowship. And upon your children, in our homes, and on our children. Thank you, Father. We know you have heard us because you promise you will. We thank you for that. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.